Hey, you're listening to Block Thinking with Werner Puchert and Jonathan Gall. It's recording, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan, live in Casa de Puchert in Warsaw. Welcome, dude. Thank you. Thank you for what being What the hell are you doing in my house? Except for eating all my food. <laughs> and the excellent vegan cake yeah. that your wife put for me. Man, dude, like, uh, I must admit, and, and you can hear my kid going crazy in the background, it's <laughs> bath time. Um, yeah, I, I, I was like thinking about it before we started recording is that, um, so we've, we, we had a recording a few weeks ago or we're talking about diet and eating healthy. This was the first day today that I've been eating my ass off on vegan food. I had like three vegan f- meals in a row. Okay, t- I must admit two of them was with you, but um, um, I'm quite stuffed on vegan food. The last little yeah. vegan chocolate cake went down quite smoothly. Chewy as hell, but good times. It did. Yeah. The Mongo one too. Yeah, good times. <laughs> but yeah, dude, so uh, it's it's... The first recording when we just sit together and uh, it's not going to be too long. It's kind of a bit of a, uh, an interim, it's an August recording because yeah. some of my clients, I, I'm, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm clueless with the time zones and, and with, with, with kind of European and American attitudes. But one of my clients is in the States and I, I'm working with them to chase up people for feedback on a project, blah, blah, blah. And I, this this specific week was really tough because people weren't giving feedback and the guy said to me yeah it's uh it's august yeah i don't know what that means is it because <laughs> it's summer and or august people are this crap or holiday i, I don't know perhaps it's because it's too hot and people boys are flying i mean not ours you know yeah african people that we are yeah this is our weather man <laughs> And the thing is, we also had to close all the windows down. We are hotboxing this room now because of sound quality. But yeah, so okay, dude, like uh, let's get into some uh, some things. So yeah. this is uh, the reason I mentioned August is this is going to be a quick short show. We we had a great, in- uh, not interview, but conversation or co-host uh, a week or two ago. That's going to go live soon. Um, this is kind of yep. interim because you are going to frame a loop. Yes. I am going on a little bit of a Swedish adventure. Yeah. With the family, so it's going to be a bit of a family breakaway. But that's not why people want to listen. People want to listen to your story <laughs> about loop. So before you head off, dude, are you feeling? Are you feeling on the, on the, forefront or whatever of your adventure to Amsterdam? Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to go to to Fremeloop. I'm less exciting, like excited to. Um, I have to take a plane and a bus and stay in a hotel and have to wait for a plane. I mean, the whole, I, I don't know if it's getting old, but I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of want to stay, you know, around my place. And uh, the whole organization thing around moving out, and especially I live in Kelsey. So to me, going yeah. to Amsterdam doesn't mean just taking a plane to Amsterdam. It means that, you know, I need I need to to take a bus or a train to go to Warsaw. I need to find a nice host yeah, for the you night. Need to hang up some dodgy South African people. 
and I need to take an early plane next. And, and yeah, so, so there is, um, there is some logistic there. And my main issue is that I'm working right now. So, um, in the train, I was uh, reality of being a freelance, uh, freelance. I wasn't planning at all to have anything to do during the week of, uh, the week of loop. Yeah. And as it happened, my client, um, needed me. Uh, I didn't really have any, any choice. So I had to work today, um, in the train, which is kind of uncomfortable. It's more that you're, you're going to an event, but you always have in the back of your mind, okay, shit can happen. And yeah. I need to log you, off you the own, event. You're your own boss. Like. Yeah. So fortunately, they understood, um, I mean, all of them understand my situation and they understand that I'm going to, uh, to that event that it was planned since since what six months mm. at least i was planning i was planning to go to loop. i mean to be honest i was planning to go to loop since the last day of loop last year <laughs> that's yeah i mean i remember to, to so just for for folks again like what the hell are these guys talking about and this is kind of i think a recurring theme with our show is that like what are they talking about <laughs> yeah. framer loop is uh so framer is a prototyping tool yeah. right uh, exactly it's stop a, me from talking too much no that that's exactly that framer is um web uh, application web application or web design whatever you want to name it put typing tool on which you can create um, very complex uh, prototypes some of the particularities of framer are the fact that it's um, it has a code backend so yeah. you can do what you do with sketch or figma or envision studio which means create your blocks change your gradient and all of that and in framer you can do all of that and more, which means that you can create components that are backed by actual React code that is yeah. actually usable by your developers when in production. So I've been in the framer bang, bang wagon since a yeah, you lot missed the frame of time. Yeah. yeah, since a lot of time. Uh, I was my company, my previous company was one of the main, one of the first corporate clients for, for framer. At the time, the were you responsible for that? I I, I was responsible one hundred percent for that. Yeah. I just pushed them and they were like, "Why do you want us to work with that startup?" I was like, "Dude, we need to sell that product, and I can create." I just basically what I did is that I used the trial of Framer to create a prototype that sold the product, and then yes, we bought ten licenses. They were like, "Yeah, that's cool." But the yeah. issue is that nobody else than me after used any of those licenses because your designers were like. Yeah, your tool needs code because the first version of Framer there wasn't visual design. You needed to code. You everything. need. I remember you showed me the interface. Yeah. I was kind of drawn to it because of the whole idea of like bringing design and code together. But now there's like this whole yeah. Drag now and drop now you can in, right? you can open Framer and it looks like I won't say Figma, but it looks like any visual design tool. Yeah. Um, what what is powerful with Framer is it's really the fact that you can go, you can, you can give it to a part of your team that is only using visual design and it can empower them to grow as, um, as developers. I mean, if they want to do that, but at yeah. least understand what are the equivalent of their components on the, on yeah. the development side. So you can, they can create a better understanding. So I don't, I mean, I'm talking a lot about Framer, but actually the tool that I'm using the most right now is Figma. Figma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elonicol. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> she was the one actually. Yeah, she was one of our previous guests. <laughs> she introduced you to it. Um, so the tool I'm using the most right now is Figma, uh, mainly because of uh, the convenience of working in team teams with Figma. It seems like Figma is this whole there's a there's a the the draw card to it because I need I, the, a while ago I saw some of my ex Deloitte mates talk about. I mean, and they were like staunch sketch people. Yeah, I mean, and, Figma is amazing if you have a and team. They said, they said team-wise, it just makes more sense. Oh, yeah, moment. yeah, definitely. You can, uh, I, I can see it, especially when you work remotely and yeah. you want everybody to have the last version to be able to, you know, comment. It's yeah. it's amazing. I know Sketch is going there. I mean, they did a, an, an update recently uh, in that direction. However, Figma, it has been basically... The, their garden since a while now. Yeah, they build their application yeah. based on that. They wrote some really cool article back in the time about the technology that they built. So I do think that, I mean, perhaps Sketch uh, is going to, to reach this point. I don't see, uh, I don't see Figma, uh, for disclaimer, I don't, I don't use Sketch since a good amount of time now, even though I used it for years. Um, now my world is between um, Figma and um, Figma and Framer when it comes to prototyping. So you will tell me why do I use uh, Framer still if I have mainly used Figma. Framer is just fun, man. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's a good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just fun. There is, there is this super tight community in Framer. And we kind of, uh, I follow a few of them on Twitter and they mm. do, and there is, a, there is a cool Slack and it's the right size. There isn't, there's, I mean, I mean, perhaps it's not good for them. That is not too big, but it's not big enough so that it's too, you know, you know, there yeah. are no walls you can feel, you can get in and people are super cool and super open. Yeah. And it's kind of feel like a little community inside the design community so i i i will enjoy i will enjoy that feeling it's cool to hang to some like hang on to something that you kind of have a community common interest people and explore that a little bit yeah i totally go to this event because of of the people i don't think i've been using framer since uh, some time now so i don't go there because first of all i don't go there as a um as a no guest or something i'm part of uh part of the team since i'm in the team i'm part of uh, the volunteers volunteers for I mean, the there, event yeah. there are just two of us to be honest in terms of volunteers oh. um La yeah <laughs> that's, that's not a lot of people but yeah it's um but the, the cool fact that there are not a lot of uh, volunteers is that um you spend time with the actual framer team and some of them became buddies hello artem um and it's just i mean it's a good time as you say it's a good time i'm going to meet i'm going to meet uh yeah, people you, that i enjoy people that yeah. i know so yeah what, what are you hoping to get out of the adventure there what are you looking forward to i'm not sure to be honest i'm not sure when i planned when i planned to go to this event i was in a very different mindset than now um I don't have, you remember when, uh, when we started the podcast and I was like, I'm going to do all of those conferences and going to be awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, two years later, I'm like, conferences are way overestimated. Um, most of them. Loop for me was a 
bright light in in that uh, conference hall. I think also uh, you told me you told me that earlier the fact that you when you go to a conference as a freelancer you have a very different mindset than when you go to a conference as an employee. Yeah. It's not a week off. It's basically for you. You need to pay for it, and it's a week of work not done. So you pay twice for a conference. Uh, when you're an employee, basically, it's I mean, it's a free week, a nice time. hotel, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. It's, uh, going it's to team breakaway. Yeah, I, I loved it as an employee. Yeah. As a freelancer, I see it in a very, very different way. If I don't get value from it, then there is no point. And the sad truth is that most designer development conferences, I I I fail to find any any value that relates to the cost. Uh, yeah. I spend in it. Um, technically, everything is on YouTube or on internet. So there is nothing, yeah, honestly, is the there is going, nothing yeah. that you're going to I learn mean, at any conference. The thing is, dude, like, I mean, talking about um, this event, so, I mean, I keep on hopping around uh, the college, right? So the College of Extraordinary Experiences is end of next month. And that's kind of uh, the one event that, that, you know, I'm also actively working with the team. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, we're interviewing people for the for the event, and I can't help myself um, because I know the the college is like the way it's positioned around the idea of experience design. It's not really trying to shove uh, design canvases or processes or shit down people's throat. Like you're not going to walk away with a little bag full of toys yeah. walking away from the college. Yeah, and the thing is, then it's really hard to to explain to people why it's so super valuable. And the problem I have, like, the reason I'm going there is to be with people that I've met before Yep. that I haven't been able to see again. And then I'm super excited about people that I'm going to be meeting. Gotcha. Um, and because these people are from such a wide variety of backgrounds, the opportunity to collaborate with some of these folks. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I, th- I might have mentioned it on the show is that one of my biggest clients that I've had since I've been freelance was actually a group of guys that I met at the college. Yeah. I mean, right? so I think I look forward to events where possibility of that comes true. And and but the thing is, like a lot of events would say say to you like, yeah, we offer networking. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent agree uh, with that. The fact uh, I that's that's a point where loop does it right. They they really. Uh, I've never been in a conference before when where people are trying so hard for you to mingle together. So basically, it's two days of conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, one day of conference, one day of workshops. Oh, so okay. another aspect: what would make me go to a conference? Workshops. Workshops yeah. are yeah. invaluable. It's it's like hyper-focused training. Exactly. It's eight hours. I think workshops there are going to be six to eight hours. And that will correspond probably to, I don't know, two to three weeks working yourself. So yes, if you have like very strong workshops, <laughs> I'm in. Um, unfortunately, it's it's very not often the case. So, so there is that. I've been in very good workshops during smashing smashing conf i've had a yeah. super solid workshop the one with vitaly or the one with, with rachel on css amazing workshops um but most conferences have like those two hours three hours workshops when you don't really learn anything i mean yeah. if you don't have a full day workshop it's not really a workshop for me it's um you need to have one day two days 
things like that, then then it will make sense because yeah. I see it as as a training. But yeah, I do totally agree with you on the point of meeting people and the possibilities of meeting. Basically, you meet people from the same craft. Yeah. Um, and if the conference does it well, which means that not everybody is going to whatever, yeah. exactly, exactly, because yeah. most of my experiences okay, with conferences. Okay, guys, you stand up, turn to your left, and <laughs> go. this is always the awkward thing, you know. Yep. I mean, I met one of my best friends this way. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it works. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. but yeah, most more 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 than often. You feel frustrated because you're like, okay, yeah. I'm next to all those people. I'm sure there are people that I can be friends with, but we don't. How do we do that? Mm. Um, in banks, uh, because uh, to our auditors, it's it's my background. In banks, I went through workshops, mingling workshops, and bankers are amazing as this. It's 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 like watching I don't know a dance ceremony or something. Yeah. If you have a room full of bankers, you can be sure that all of them will know each other after yeah. two hours. Because exactly. they, they just have... Their network They move, nuts. they go freely. Even if they like you, they're going to stay with you, but they're going to be like at, yeah. uh, at a moment, oh, I need to meet, uh, la, la, and they're going to move out and they're going to meet everybody in that room. The same for designers. Everybody stay... Everybody's like talking shit on on yeah. Twitter and being like super... Yeah, but when you get to outgoing. the event, everybody's like shy looking and at their in, shoes. In live, designers, I'm going to tell you. I'm, I'm seated. I'm, seat, I'm, I'm watching my, my events. I'm, I'm not going to make too much noise. And I'm going to watch left and right what's going to happen. I mean, that's my experience with yeah, design Yeah, but dude, but you're not seeing as they're taking bitches down on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like... It's like this whole relaxed situation and then like Twitter is on fire. Like this Vanna, yeah. this Vanna guy is talking shit. Like, I mean, he's like, he's a douchebag. <laughs> but you I know mean, what I want to say? Like, sorry, like, uh, um, I think we also need to be careful because, because I didn't know this existed, right? Um, we're going down this whole the rabbit hole of events now, but these guys that I work with, um, these event design collective guys kind of um, segue, segued me into this world of event design. Yeah. Now I met some folks uh, in the last few months, where did they live in the world of acronyms, both after their names and the events that they host. <laughs> so, and I'm, this is, and I say it lovingly because it's, there's like a whole bunch of good and interesting people there. But um, it's like uh, MPI, PCMA, and then after they like, like I actually have after my name now I've got CED because I'm a certified event designer now. But I earned it. Nice. Right? Um, yeah, I'm the man. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, but the thing is what I never realized, and why I'm, I'm mentioning this, is that there's a there's a whole world out there. Um, and a lot of people probably like listening to this or might go like profanity, like, why the fuck do you not know about it? But um, there's like event professionals. So people whose career is setting up events. And I'm not talking about the Christmas dinner party or some shitty event that you put together to try and, get sales these guys do big sales so i've met yeah. people from uh, like caesar's entertainment i mean they do like oh, these huge yeah, crazy yeah, events yeah, yeah. and stuff and they and the thing is what they are playing with so that's always interesting like when i think about experience design i like to look at what happens what's happening in tourism because i think that is what's going to bleed into but i think what's happening now is that what's happening in the event design space is super interesting too so i want to give you two examples of what and, and, and fundamentally you might think like 
like event design like or event host people they might be like fundamentally boring right um dude i tell you hell no so um so a mate of mine she was involved and in fact she was kind of i think the producer of this big mpi or some some acronym event like these yeah. guys get together they they get together and discuss event design and events and the future of events and do business and shit for 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 like four days and these different things like people go do yoga together and all kind of, like it's insane like it's like a big thing right and um right at the end so they had a keynote at the end so some guy came on stage okay. flap 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 i mean i'm kind of embroidering this thing now a little bit but it's fact um some of this and right at the end of this the speech the guy said okay cool like things are going to change like oh by the way um uh, and then one of a guy that I know from the, the college or whatever experience appeared on the screen and he said and they played this video and outside the video it looked like people were coming with masks and locking everybody into the auditorium now on the scene on the on the stage were all these boxes you know these are boxes and shit that always stands around yeah, yeah. you go like that's part of the scenery and they said okay cool guys um, in these boxes um, you're all divided into groups Everybody gets a box and together you need to solve this puzzle because the only way that you're going to get out of this hall and to the buses is by solving a puzzle. And so, in fact, what they did is they turned this whole event into an escape room. And it was insane to see all these nice. people. Now, dude, that is an event. This is like, yeah. a, this is a conference to the night, right? But it, it turned into an experience. Something else... Um, I didn't get into the exact detail, but this friend also told me that uh, something that she participated in that she really appreciated. I, I can't remember what she said me uh, t- told me what the theme was, but there was a kind of theme for this one talk, and it was like a pseudo kind of workshop idea. Mm-hmm. And um, they 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 had a guy there who was either a musician or a conductor in a symphony orchestra. Okay. Now they had an orchestra or members of the orchestra there with their instruments. And then what they did is that the participants of this talk came in and they sit, they sat between all the musicians, right? And I think the guy was take, talking about something like around teamwork or cohesion or whatever. And he said, okay, cool, listen, this is what the music sounds like when everybody's like playing their own tune, you know? And, and I don't know if anybody's ever been like, you always go like, I don't know, go to the symphony orchestra or whatever. Like, but when you go there, this is really powerful to hear these guys who, know what they're doing you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy and through that music he started conveying conveying his 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 his, his story right? okay i know that's powerful now imagine if we can bring some of that stuff into some into some of the events that we attend right yeah but that means i mean that means taking risk with your events yeah. and trying to do things differently i i wonder um, if people don't want to pay for like like if you're gonna fork out a bunch of cash for an event, okay, it's great to hear from the latest product manager from Amazon, uh, high fives all around. But the thing is, um, how can you make it a deeper experience, right? It's a challenge. I mean, it's not gonna be solved. Yeah, tomorrow, how, how to make it basically how to make an event? Okay, one of the points about events that uh, that I was criticizing is the fact that I'm not sure what is the value more than watching a YouTube video in my place. Yeah, way of the same yeah. talk. So the main value will be to basically what they sell you all the time. You're going to network, and we all know that ninety percent of the time you're going to network with three or four guys, and most yeah. of the time it's by affinity or randomly. 
and, and look at you, dude. You, got, you went to UX Poland, Warsaw, and you got the network with me. Yeah. I'm, that didn't help you I'm, for shit. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm seeing myself as extremely extrovert when it comes to conferences. Yeah. And, and even though I try to network as much as I can and meet as many people as I can, I, I mean, UX Poland, I even organize with Dynan. I mean, I met I met a lot of people, but yeah. that's not the common experience. The common experience I see the other designers around me. They they meet one or two people, or they just spend all their time with a designer they knew from yeah, somewhere you get else. Yeah, stuck somewhere. Especially yeah. in Poland, even more in Poland. Um, so basically, you need to design the conference to force, yeah, to force or them. Stimulate. So basically, what like makes a, you, yeah, you cannot force people? But uh, an, maybe. Yeah, an example. An example is why do you go to a movie theater when you can have the movie at home because we have a value yeah. in the movie theater because it's an outing. You go with your family, it's a oh, family it's like event. Yeah, you're going, here. you're going to, uh, you know, to have a good time, to eat some popcorns, and yeah, kids are going to be happy and all of that. Um, the same could be applied to why watching a talk live to oh the concert, the concert yeah. analogy. Why do you go watch pay like? 10 times the price of an album to watch a concert because of the experience. And the issue is that I feel that a lot of conference organizers things like, I'm just going to pop all those YouTube clips all together, and yeah. that's going to be an amazing yeah, performance. I don't wanna, yeah, I mean, I don't want to run people down and say, like, stop doing events because we need, we need people oh, running yeah. events, right? But the thing is, uh, start thinking about these things. I th because the reason we I kind of bring it up and thinking is that um, I think there's like we're now in a space where you, you really have low hanging fruit. You you don't have a lot of competition out there in a the sense of like what you can do and opportunities. So when you push you push the level uh, a little bit like in the sense of into that experience space and and you you can have like a huge impact. Yep. For rather like not a lot of effort, I guess. Yep. Yeah. I'm totally totally. I'm going to give examples of what uh, what Loop did last year to make the yeah, conference make it, exceptional. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so first of all, they <laughs> they organized um, outing every evening of the which some conferences do, but yeah. they they do it well. That's nice. Uh, so every evening there is a place that they book and people mingle and you know have a drink and all of that. And I was like, okay, that's that's a good point. Not every conference does that, but that's not no. I've I've seen that before. Mm -hmm. But then what was surprising is at one point they told us we have an event, we didn't know anything about it. And basically they put us into those boats, table of five, with four wow. random people I never met. And you in the boat on that table during one You're hour stuck. with those guys. <laughs> so, Hey, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they, they, they made it well. I mean, I and I made four guys, and after one hour, yeah, we are back. Yeah, but the whole idea of the boats also, and yeah, I mean, we are like, go, you go in rank, and what's happening, and that that was super cool because, yeah, because no, nobody yeah. had any idea about I, that. Yeah, and the thing no. is also, I think what makes it comfortable potentially, and it's actually kind of a question for you, is like being in the boat as a collective, it's an interesting experience, right? So there's 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 focus. Okay, cool. I'm with these random people, but the the experience is actually the major thing. 
Hey, I'm on the boat in Amsterdam. I'm floating around. With yeah, these exactly. Guys. Hey, we're having a cool experience together. Yeah. Yeah, and then the conversation starts flowing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Good it time. was. Uh, it, it's it's something that is going to, you know, it's a one day conference compared to the conference that three days or four yeah. days or whatsoever. But this this specific thing is going to stay in my mind um, all the time because there was this this element of surprise. Why? Why do we have to queue? What's happening? Why do we go on the docks? There is a boat. There will be food on the boat. We are going to stay. How long are we going to stay? Yeah, can I go to the bathroom? It, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, it was It was just cool. And everybody that went to the event is going, hey, you every time, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. remember the boat? That you, <laughs> yeah. So you created that bond from that. Literally, yeah. I mean, that was that was amazing. That was such yeah, a smart idea. I mean, it's not like it's not happening in other places too, but like it's, it's just cool to have things like that, like little personal touch, makes it a bit memorable and meaningful, I guess. Um, dude, yeah, like just looping back. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about what happened at uh, at Framer Loop when you're back from your adventure yeah. after we've had all our holidays and stuff. Um, yeah, I also. Yeah, I recently saw some talking about, you know, um, and I don't want to go down that loop and you touched a little bit around um, like sketch versus framer versus Figma versus yeah. this, that, that. And I must tell you, dude, like I wanted to say it like when you were talking earlier, I'm getting super confused, man. <laughs> um, where the hell do you start fucking even making a decision about what you want to use as a I mean, designer these days? I mean, you don't... Um... You don't. You just use what your team is using. Most of, unless you have very niche needs, mm-hmm. um, you just use what your team is using. In corporate, a lot of corporations, they have to use Adobe XD because they have Adobe yeah, corporate that's licenses. Yeah, baby, right? Yeah, they have Adobe corporate licenses, so we need to work with that. And that's okay. I mean, Adobe XD had his had his down. Now it's pretty. It's a weaving tool. Um, what is yeah. the migration between these tools? Because I tell you, the reason I'm asking honestly is the same. Honestly, for me, for for me, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I know I'm going to hurt the ego of designers, but at the end of the day, people we are creating cubes and and rounds. But, but you but, know what? That's the, the thing yeah. is, I wanted to ask you that because I'm completely not a UI designer, right? And yeah. uh, I'm a I'm a wireframe idiot. Yeah, um, I, I I don't think if, if if the tool is is your issue as a designer, uh, you have bigger issues than that, I believe, yeah. because it's it's not going to. I mean, UI design is ten percent. I mean, fifteen percent of my time. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm a product manager now. Did yeah, you, did you I, say that? <laughs> yeah, he's a product guy. Yeah, you know why um, he's a product manager, yeah. guys? Because he made new business cards yeah. and it says product manager. Right? Yeah, come on, auto promotion. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. No, but and, you're doing the work, right? And so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, this is what I've been doing since. Um, yeah. So since I just wanted to, because yeah. the reason, like, so before we go to the product manager yeah, yeah. thing, because I want to talk about that too, right? But the thing is, the the jump between. So I struggled. Um, I realized I had to do a bit of a, a small prototype. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the projects that I had to do after getting my hands a bit more dirty. And I thought, okay, shit, like I need to pick something up. So I started mishing around a little bit in Sketch. Yeah. And I probably spe- spent like my first time ever, like four days in Sketch, putting some stuff together. Then I exported it, I think, to Framer. Framer. Because I have yeah. Framer. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, 
keen on framer because there's this code aspect to it, right? Yeah. And um, and then I did the prototype from there. But now I'm getting people because I think you guys were waffling on on some Slack channel about Figma, and then I went, okay, cool. Like, let me go have a look at Figma. Right? So but so I uh, so quick quick uh, quick uh, I don't know uh, one to one of design tools. Let let's start. Um, you in corporations and you don't have any choice. You use Adobe XD. I, yeah. I used Adobe XD when I was working in my bank because we didn't have a, a, any choice Adobe anyway. Adobe because you're using the suite, right? Yeah, it wasn't as good as now. Now it's a legit tool. They did a, they did a lot of work there. They're investing a ton of money to make it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's solid. If you're in the, the Adobe ecosystem and you have everybody else working on Photoshop or Illustrator or sending you asset, assets, I mean, it, it's okay. It's it, You can do most of what you want to do. It's always a step back than the other one but depending on if unless you have specific needs you can do oh, yeah. your work with adobe xd you have sketch the i mean the big player I yeah, lots of plugins i mean yeah so half a million of plugins uh uh very dynamic ecosystem a uh, lot of developers there a lot of workshops a lot of events also they are very active based in Europe, uh, based in Amsterdam, actually. It's funny wow, because okay. Framer and Sketch people are friends. Serious? Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it's a solid tool. You can't go wrong being very good in Sketch. That's the, that's the, the reference. Now, there is Figma, who is, I won't say it's a new kid on the block because it existed some, yeah, I mean, did some time, with... but it became very, yeah. very, very good. Uh, you can... And the key point of Figma is that if you work um, remotely or you work with huge teams, um, it's help, it helps a ton. Yeah, there is no file versioning, so there is version control uh, yeah. inside the tool, so you can't lose file. Um, you know what is what. It's extremely easy to do end-off to developers, and it's uh, like, like Sketch. It's extremely... Oh, even... Probably better than, than, than Sketch. It's extremely easy okay. to um, end off. Yeah, my my age. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's also extremely easy to um, to get receive feedback from your design. Yeah. So the, the Figma basically with Sketch you will need a few other tools. You will need Marvel to export your output. I mean, with Figma uh -huh. you have one tool and you can do most of it. Not as well as with Sketch and Friends. But it's one tool, one versioning, one system. Yeah. You can send prototypes. I've, yeah, I've Sketch, been... Sketch needs friends. Yeah, because now they are trying to need less friends. They are acquiring and expanding, so they yeah, will need less friends. They're breaking off the relationships. Yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking <laughs> they, up. They are acquire or share-looking yeah. people. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Figma, it's all, it's, and it works. Sketch, there are so many issues with blog plugin you know not being updated broken not being Serious? managed yeah, yeah that's I a mean, whole mission man. when when you have been when you have your own catalog of tools or you love this it's just so it's just so fresh to use yeah. figma and having it just working but now figma just introduced plugins also but it's going to be web plugin so there won't be version it's going to be updated automatically also so we'll see so now i use figma with with my team and it's been a it's been a pleasure i missed something from yeah. From Sketch, um, I mean, our friends were, were complaining about the fact that you don't have uh, auto-resizing of blocks. I mean, there are some things missing, okay, but what you win uh, instead yes, when you work with with, yeah. with teams, it's worth it. 
And uh, what else? So, uh, before going to Freema, did I for? There are a few other tools, but they are very minor. So I'm you know, it's crazy to... that you didn't mention at all, and it's probably going to give my age away. Omnigraphal. Okay, Omnigraphal. I've made okay. so many Omnigraphal jokes, right? People don't yeah. like me, but and I actual, do use Omnigraphal. I, I right? use. I use. I, I use actual. actual. Like because you know what's crazy? I actually have the latest version of Actual. I haven't even fired it up yet. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm going to do Actual before Frame Event. Um, and I'm going to say also the, the, the bad things about Frame because otherwise I will use it instead of yeah. uh, Figma with my team. Um, Action. Okay. I use Axure as a prototyping tool for my previous company. I probably use Axure for a good year yeah. as my daily driver. Not not a year, not uh, enough time to to learn in and out anyway. Um, the power. I'm going to start with the positive notes. The power of Axure is that you can create very complex prototypes with a lot of logic. Um, that really that really take it's not just button click and screen and stuff you can really it's wheel buttons and it's you can put wheel data into action and you can yeah. create things that are very very high fidelity the issue of action though is that there is a cost it takes time and it's uh there is a learning curve for action yeah. that is really tough for for so, for some people the interface was I use Action too now it's ARP five I think yeah I used yeah before. the old one was quite clunky right I used ARP four and it it wasn't the most intuitive in, uh, interface for and there were yeah. some UX wasn't there also like an issue that like from for a mobile if you want to do mobile stuff it's not the best uh, where I am mean, I mistaken it's have you done mobile stuff on it. Yeah, you you can even do responsive. I mean, can you do responsive stuff on ARP five? I think you can do responsive stuff on ARP five. Yeah, I, I use it for desktop, so I don't really know. I don't really for mobile, but it creates those big files. Um, mm. And and I mean, I shipped with Axure and I sold products with Axure, so yeah, so I it think works. It's just the 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 there is no, first of all, there is no ecosystem and there is no ecosystem. There is no real community of Axure. I mean, they have a forum, but it's, it, it's not where, you know, it's not where things are mm. in a way. For if, if your goal is to build very data intensive close to the web, because that's one thing with Axure, you build that. Oh, yes, I did a prototype on Axure for mm. the web, because for myself, for a website I worked on, I did a full prototype on Axure. And uh, and the fact that Axure renders web files, so basically what you're shipping, it's going to be HTML files that people are going to launch in a browser. So for them, it feels like a, it feels like wheel, a real thing, real yeah. web experience. But it's basically building web stuff, but with world level tools and yeah. it's, uh, office level tools. So so for the the person that builds it. It's kind of clunky to manage it in team. Yeah. It's dif it really it's difficult. So there is a real investment in Axure, and I'm not sure it's worth to do it now that we have tools like Figma, Figma, or Sketch. It's so faster from which you can pull nah. data. I mean, the key point of Axure is that you were able to pull real data easily, and now you can do it with Sketch, Figma, and uh, Sketch, Figma, and Figma. So yeah. I'm not sure what their future yeah, is, but is, yeah. like, like I mean, we like the, at at product camp, uh, Gdynia, they asked what what is the biggest fad these days, and they said design sprints. It's the biggest fad, 
but um, so you might have different opinions around design sprints. I, I kind of like the idea, but I, I, like someone said before, like it's about finding answers to questions. So we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But I think that there is a aspect in prototyping that's also around speed, which I enjoy actually, because yeah. when I started doing prototypes back in the day when we didn't have electricity, because um, <laughs> I'm so old, is that we use pro paper prototypes. I'll never forget my first ever real deal prototype was paper prototype. And I had it in front of a user and they were tapping. I, I recently saw an update actually on Facebook of someone doing a paper prototype. I'm mean, like, hell yeah, there's still people doing that. Yeah, I mean, But I think a good thing about it is that there's speed. But the thing is, if you can have a Figma or a sketch or whatever that gives you that same agility and speed to get to a prototype faster, especially when you have to do a sprint. I mean, I mean, Recently, recently, um, uh, we are discussing with Marius that we interviewed also, also yeah. in the past, and he was telling us that his process right now was doing just paper prototype, just to be sure um, the flow, of the like the flow logic, and yeah. components. So sketch, prototype, paper validated, high five. Boom. He yeah. doesn't do lo-fi anymore because why doing that in a world of components? That's that's yeah, how, yeah, how that's it works. In my in my case, I still do Wi-Fi because I don't start with paper, but also I have a huge library of Lo-Fi components. So for me, it's very easy. Yeah, so I, paper I, I, prototyping can be also a rabbit hole. Trust me, I've done <laughs> like I've overdone it. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've overdone it. I'm just I'm just not at ease, uh, I guess, anymore with paper that much. And I know I know my tools. So I mm. mean, I, I prefer it's probably it's also, probably more yeah. intuitive to do it on paper and. But yeah, I, but, I, but um, I'm agree. I agree on that. You do you do something very rough. The the matter is speed. Something very rough that you can do in half a day yeah. or one day or just to validate concepts, and then you go directly to Wi-Fi. You go, go you don't go to this mid balsamic whatever phase where you're not really sure about. Yeah, I don't think those things what, fly anymore, right? Because you can go so quick. Like it, even it, if you rip off a UI somewhere, and you I mean, make a, that's one of the beauty of design systems. You create your, you create your, uh, you create your base. This is what I do when I do uh, when I work on uh, on my website, uh, on my projects. I create very rough components, yeah. and it's the same components that at the end of the day will end in the iFi version. I'm just going to refine them. Um, yeah, uh, um, and go with it. Uh, it probably depends also on your client, your customer, right? So if you're going to be doing, and I'm not, this is not a diss at anybody, but like if you're going to be doing an update to a banking app, or like you say, there's a there's a there's a design system in place, you can drag and drop components. You you might have to do because sometimes I you know I say things in out of the perspective of a completely new product, a new idea, mm. but when you create something that's existing that sits in like a uh, my mate usually uh, recently did a, a component or a, a group of functionality that set into an existing banking platform. He introduced some design elements, but actually I think that those design elements got killed off at some stage because it was really just, he did still did it at speed because he was using the design components that was existing, yeah, yeah. because you don't have to rethink it. Yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah. That's what you use. Yeah. Because usually when you introduce something new, the, the people who, the, the corporate fuck ponies who look at the design and decide like what 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 is beautiful design go like thou shalt not use a drop shadow there <laughs> even if it looks great and um, don't use drop shadows um so you you can you run at speed however if you're going to be designing something for a cd project or uh, something you know where design 
is valued, then then you probably have to rethink your strategy, like slapping something together where you know, like where we the expectation is that something's going to be more premium, high fidelity. Like like how do you then draw the line? Like maybe maybe you then have to hit low fidelity so that you can test the functionality and not run into things like this website looks shit. Yeah, I when when I, when I start when I started not really mid career. Um, I had I had um, two amazing managers um, in a row. Not in a row. I have a shitty manager in between, but yeah, I had two amazing managers. And shitty managers. The one in between, yeah, I still have. Yeah, okay, let's. It's also those in between us, bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and. Uh, but the thing is, you must remember the in between gets you to the next. Exactly, and to make you appreciate, you <laughs> yeah, know, <the> next. <laughs> much more. And in the first uh, <laughs> as well, you go like, this first guy's asshole. And then you go work with someone else and you go like, damn, that guy wasn't that big an asshole. Then you appreciate him. And then you move to the next guy and you love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's another story. It's not, uh, I was bad. I shouldn't say it's shit. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I no, I'm going to go back and look at your LinkedIn now. If I yeah, I, I don't is. want to be that guy in the first one. But yeah, he, yeah. He did, I didn't have the best experience, let's say, with him. And after that, it made me appreciate my next manager. And that guy, um i was doing my prototypes and you know you know me i was doing uh, my mockups and stuff and there was they had to do some mockups and i was like oh well yeah but we just need to test the functionality we yeah. don't need to go too precise you know we want to you know ship fast ship fast break things uh break things uh whatever i forgot the, the uh, anyway <laughs> ship fast break things <laughs> this is how you should name the podcast episode <laughs> Shift force break things. <laughs> anyway, and um, and he told me, and he, he, we stopped there, and he told me, dude, if you show that to one of our end clients, they are not going to see your prototype at all. They are going to focus on the fact that your number here doesn't look like a realistic number. And they are never going to think They're back to your go. prototype. Yeah. So you need to make, if you show prototypes to end clients, they need to be perfect to the content that is so forget about the low low some shit you, we don't do that forget yeah. about putting irrealistic numbers or jokes or mem we don't do that you do you create something that looks like the final product so that they see it they don't focus on that micro oh by yeah, the way this is way. not the cost yeah. of that product and we're dealing with yeah basically financial dashboards yeah so it's uh, and that that it me like i was like yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense because people because you know if there is one black pixel in the middle of your white screen you're going to see that yeah. black black pixel and this is what happens with our prototypes when we don't when people expect hi-fi and see things that are they are, they are just going to forget about everything yeah. else and you want to have all of them involved yeah. into, into that. I, mean, I did it once. So I, yeah, I, this is what I do right now. When I, I spend, I'm working on an e-commerce platform right now and I spend the time to create screens with, you know, taking all, I, there is no copy paste in the product screens. There is yeah. no, there is no bullshit prices. There is no, it's, it's one-to-one what the client will see so that you can focus on the wall and you're not like, oh, yeah. this is not the price for a camera. Right? like staging it. Like yeah. it needs to be realistic. 
Yeah, need it, to bring it needs to be world. as realistic as possible. And that's the advantage that component-based systems of Figma sketch and all of them yeah. done with data is that you, you have the data in Excel file, you push them up and that's it. Talks to some of the mates that we have that actually do this as a job, how good they are to actually pull that off, to make that reality come through. And it's not really, a, it's actually just a prototype. So yeah, yeah there's mean, some skills. I mean, but don't expect to get paid for it. That's a joke. <laughs> You're just smiling. Yeah, it's um, yeah. it's a standard. Yeah. It's it's what people it's what people should expect from yeah. you. And the issue is that if you if you happen not to follow those standards and come after designers who follow yeah. it, they will clients will remark but and will be like, "Who the hell are you?" There's something else that I wanted to just quickly mention before we wrap this up. This was going to be like 20 minutes. Not, but um, the other interesting thing that I noticed about you, um, and we had some discussion about it, is that, um, and you joked about it earlier because you changed the title on your business card, oh, yeah, to Mr. Product Manager, yeah, and so I mean, I just just background like I never really like called myself a project manager, a, pro a product manager, or whatever, and then recently I looked at some of the work that I've done in the past, and I kind of like, I might have done it great or something just like did it good or whatever, but a lot of the work I've done really relates to what a project manager, a product manager is. Mm -hmm. You call project manager, a product manager, because you actually have zero power, but you're responsible for shit. Right? <laughs> and you have to get shit done and yep. you have to get people to, to do the yep. shit and motivate and collaborate and all these kind of things. And um, I find it interesting that you've now added that title and and. And it's not a lie. I, I got to peer over your shoulder today when you were working. You were definitely doing product manager work. So tell me about that change because it's like... Oh, yeah. It's, um, I think it's something I've, that I've been doing since a uh, much longer time. But yeah, now officially on the job I'm working... Uh, I mean, one of the jobs I'm working since, uh, since the beginning of uh, this year it's it's what i'm doing i was hired initially to be a product designer to yeah. ship prototypes um but events made me take more responsibilities very quickly and now yeah now i define what map i uh, it's crazy manage. that you took this right dude from because i mean for, for, for someone listening to this like he is actually running the show it's super tight like a like a like a like team meetings like i disappeared a few times today and stand-ups and 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 you know like all the fancy words you want to use um and i've like i've been watching you and, and the language you use but also what i found interesting in this specific project and, and it's kind of really cool is that you started off out of this guy who came in to build the prototypes right as a freelance guy yeah i mean they, they didn't necessarily know about your background in banking and all stuff you did there because fundamentally we're kind of a product manager there too but you came as this ui guy prototype yep. guy and then you've kind of worked your way into like a role that actually oversees and works with and collaborates with the full-on team that actually drives the product vision or helps to make it reality yep Yep, and I really enjoy it. Actually, I I really enjoy it, and I have over. I'm going to I'm going to be. I mean, I'm assigned also to uh, over UX uh, UX tasks on 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 another side. But I do think that the way I'm going to develop, and that's why when I had to do my business cards, um, 
I had to decide, okay, what I'm going to print on those business cards. So what do you see mm-hmm. yourself doing and what do you want to do? And I love the human side of product management. The fact that you're dealing with all those, all those people and you're actually defining, defining the way the product is evolving yeah. and giving. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, my role is not to, uh, you know, the end decisions are still made by the CEO and yeah, all I think that. That's, it's a critical thing that you, yeah. st- but you need to understand what his, what Exa- his vision is, right? Yeah, exactly. My, my role is to understand the vision and to make it reality, which is what also what I define being a product designer. But the difference is that when product design stops, uh, I go beyond now because I'm also responsible for what the developers output. Before, as a product designer, you know, you, did yeah, your, you do your thing. screens, you ship them, you're done. Yeah. That's it. Uh, now I'm actually responsible for what the developer. I'm the one at the end of the day who is talking the CEO. Yes, this is what the developers do. Where where are we on the roadmap? Do we have it? It's they talk yeah. to me. They ask me. Are you affecting that roadmap? Are you working on that roadmap? roadmap yeah, I do. Reason? I basically have the I have a, I have a power to um, see. Like you're straight on in there. Yeah, but I've I've been doing. I mean, I didn't even. I mean, I didn't even know when I was a product designer before for my previous company. I was already doing this kind of. Yeah. Stuff. I was busy. Uh, helping defining what maps and we just didn't have the vocabulary for that we didn't call that product manager i was yeah. ba slash designer that was technically my job i was ba it's plus also designer. kind of a weird kind of combination right? and ba plus designer at the end of the day if you have enough power it's being a product manager um now we have now we have product managers in uh, in in our team but in corporations, what we call product manager are very, very high level. It's it's way it's really yeah. you know defined the vision of the, but, but they, have, they have so many yeah. level of hierarchies and it's different. I because I I struggle with this too, right? And and maybe there's some of the folks out there. I know my our mate Justin Sannon um, is is listening from time to time, and I think he's also now like yes. formally picking up the role of. Like that's his role. I mean, he's, he's. I mean, this guy's been a sales guy, and uh, like he's been everything. This, this crazy dude. He's in New Zealand now, and he's also like has this now in his role, and he, he deserves it. Don't get me wrong. Like th- this is the stuff that he does, right? Yeah. And um, but I, I like so for example, for myself, I I see in the role of project ma- product manager a lot of things that I do, but one thing that I'm not so excited about, and I don't do so well. And as, as for example, when we start talking about the the agile side of things, right? You know the 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 formalities around you know stand ups and burn down, and I mean I understand a lot of the shit, but I just don't get switched on. I get I get passionate around the facilitation between the vision. I mean I don't necessarily even have to drive the vision. I don't care. Well, I do care about the vision of the product, but. I like it when I have a team, so I can collaborate with the CEO, understand what is his vision, work with with the team to see where they want to take it, work with users, because I mean ultimately you have people who are going to be using this product, see what what their needs are, yeah. and then collaborate and work with people to kind of get those answers. But then I feel like you have to have that, and then also kind of also the delivery side of things, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, I I do think that you can be, okay. To address your point, the, the production side of uh, of uh, product management, 
I think it all depends on companies. I yeah. So you, there's a flexibility. Yeah, it's all. I think it in startups because there are not so many level. I guess I do. Yeah. I do product management slash project management. I do okay. think that in bigger corporations there will be project managers that will take care of you no know, standups and basically the project managers will report to product managers about how it's going. Exactly, but the, the, so so sorry, like I'm cutting off because I want to drop this into because I hear you what you're saying about the project manager. <laughs> so, but the thing is. Um, what I don't understand, so when I think back of my time when I worked with, with the software guys and I was managing something, I had a scrum master. Yeah. And he was kind of running the show. Yeah. In a sense of like developing the user stories. And of course, it's not like I don't have input there or, or assistance or whatever. I'm not involved. But he was kind of orchestrating that part of it. Now, like in your mind, in your world where you're operating, where does the scrum master fit in? Um, I'm is that taking, the product manager? I'm, I'm, no, I'm taking no, I'm taking that job basically. I'm taking that job. If if it was a bigger corporation, I guess there would be someone that would uh, that would take a project manager. I mean, okay, we need difference. to be careful now. We the, have Scrum Master. I've dropped in here. Yeah, I've got pro, we've got project manager. Yeah, basically, basically Scrum Master. We've got product yeah. manager. Now the project manager. I know sometimes a lot of people f- screw up. And this is, I mean, I've, I heard fundamentally this is a big no no is that people mix up the Scrum Master and the Project Manager because yeah. those own, ain't the same roles either. Again, depends on the companies. Yeah. <laughs> and technically, no, if you go by the, the Scrum Guide because the, yeah. scrum, the Scrum person is supposed to facilitate. Yeah, I mean, he's a facilitator. Yeah, yeah. He's going to make sure that everything is going to be all right, yeah. the sprint is going well, everybody's communicating. All, all is well. And the project manager is the guy. So the Scrum Master, scrum master basically is, there is, a, there is a certification, like something that you pay for. I got one. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you are Scrum Master. Yeah. And project managers, they have, uh, there is another one that, oh gosh, I forgot the name. It's not the CPM. It's, oh, there is another certification. If there is the CPAM and there is. Oh, there is a product. I've, Owner yeah. one, is it? No, 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 not the pro- product owner. Because product owner, pro- uh, product owner's scrum master, it's um, it's uh, it's googling. The, yeah, I'm going to find that quickly. Product what product owner scrum master. All of that, it's the whole scrum thing, agile, whatever scrum. You're still in the project, yeah, uh, part of the project. But the project manager, let me check certification. What, 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 that's... Dun, 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 dun. Are you talking about... PMP, that? yeah. The yeah, PMP, yeah. that's the standard in... in yeah, the, yeah, my wife brought like one of those big bangles. Yeah, there is PMP like. and there is another one kind of like the PMP. And basically those people are supposed to see more macro. Where the Scrum Master is really inside. Micro, uh, like he's in there. Uh, the yeah, he's, he's, he's making... Where the Scrum Master is thinking Kanban or, scrum or Sprint. Yeah. The PMP guy is he has Gantt. all those. It yeah, he's thinking yeah. He's thinking Gantt. Yeah. He's thinking he's thinking uh, all those like they have metrics and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can Google it. It's called the Project Management Professional Certification. Yeah, there is a bunch of stuff, and those are so. What are that's, you like? That, but you that's for that's right? for corporation where you have eleven, you know, yeah. eleven of the If you're people. working for a startup, you kind of need to manage a lot of those roles. Me. Mm-hmm. Technically, product managers are 
it's, I would say the I.O. like and put on my business card. So I'm going to put that one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and basically the key point I manage the roadmap, which means that yeah. we have goals that are given by the two the the two the two co-founders. You kind of like a babysitter, and, actually. I think a product manager. Yeah, and they ask me. Okay, you're taking someone under others, like you're taking the CEO's vision. Exactly. Right? And but the thing is, your job is then to take care of that vision, but then also make sure that where the vision goes, they get it gets accepted, right? So the, that people want to actually use this. So if people don't want to use it, you go back to the CEO and say, listen. I think like according to what I'm seeing, this people think it's stinky. Can we change it? Because at the end of the day, the the, the co-founders. When they ask about the product, they ask me. Yeah. They don't ask devs or they, they ask me, oh, where is our product? Where are we on the roadmap? Uh, and I'm like, that's the roadmap we defined and we're going to change things. Yeah, that's that's what I do. So so I would say the product manager role right now in, in startups is mixed between the founders because they have, they have yeah, to be product manager thing, of their yeah. first product. And I would say that I take more operational parts of product management in my role. But I'm taking also full on project management, and mm. I do uh, and I do design. And fortunately, I have developers. And we kind of we are talking about that book, the the Imif that we are going to talk yeah. about in a, in a, in a, in another episode. And yeah, you you have those wall, all the wall that exists in, in corporation that are needed. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist. Yeah. Um, you just have much less much less people so you need to design okay what role are you going to take for example one of the co-founders is also sales because yeah. there's nobody else that, that yeah, is going you to need be to sales share those roles. Yeah, so, so we, we need to get to that conversation at yeah. some stage too but i think we need to wrap it up yeah yeah so jono like it's really great to have you in warsaw with me and, and and like this this is just one of many conversations we've had today so I really appreciate you being here, mate. And um, I hope that uh, Framer Loop is going to be a super awesome, extraordinary yep. experience for you. But we'll, we'll recap on that when you're back. Um, yes. We have one show in the back that needs to go out yes. too. Very good show. Yeah, I'm excited to bring that because we had a, we had a, uh, our first co-host, uh, additional co-host in there. Yeah. So he's going he's gonna to be on air with us. Um, and I, mean, I think the next show, we're going to be definitely looking into um, discussing a few books because my challenge for my holiday is that um, I have Peter Thiel, zero to one. So we discussed this a few times. Uh, we, you spoke about it. You had your reservations. You also have positive things. Uh, you've made your, your you've write, read it and you've posted your review on Goodreads. You can find Jonathan and myself on Goodreads. I'm going to read zero to one on my holiday and we're going to discuss that. The other book I also want to discuss when we do zero to one is The E-Myth because I don't know that you list, that you, um, that you read this is actually called the e-myth revisited by michael e gerber but i mean you can go check it out but if you want to read it before and go for it but you might want to listen to what we have to say about it um, in discussion but we'll we'll look at the books because we fucking love books so yeah you learn, man so uh yeah jono best of luck with the trips and uh thank you thank you for listening Thanks for listening to Block Thinking. You can find more information and the show notes for this episode at www.blockthinking.com. That is blockthinking without the K.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes or any of your favorite podcast platforms. We thrive on critique, so feel free to leave comments on iTunes or get hold of us directly. Thanks for listening.